Hello and welcome to the 58 West King Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Tony, that's Matt, and this is our Week 3 NFL and Home League Preview episode. We'll also be joined by a league manager who's been beefing with Nate for over a year now later on in the episode. Matt, we've got two weeks of NFL action in the rearview mirror, and reality is beginning to set in for our NFL teams and our fantasy teams. How is reality treating you? Not great. Not great. My three, my fantasy teams are combined one and five through two weeks. Not a great start. My Eagles are one and one. Um, so, you know, the beginning of the season hit me like a brick to the face. Is it possible to have done too much research? I think there's going to be some some uh, something said for like doing too much research and looking up too many sleepers and some crazy stats and then gravitating towards names on draft days. There's a phrase for that. It's uh, paralysis by analysis, I think. Yeah, uh, I don't. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. You shouldn't listen to me. Listen to Tony. Tony knows what he's talking about. His team's faring much better than mine. But listen, yeah. I wouldn't sweat it. Don't definitely don't tilt trade your good players away. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. We have 14 regular season games this year, so I think you'll be just fine. I've had mixed results to this point. Uh, mixed results, but I'm not panicking in those leagues where I'm 0-2 or 1-1 and and not looking good. Got some injuries. I'm going to hold, try to add early season standout players, and really just trying to outlast my competition across the leagues, which leads me to my next question for you. Again, the fantasy season is 14 weeks long this year, the regular season, so stamina is going to be critical. What have you done this year to improve your fantasy stamina? I'm holding on to my fab. I'm not spending anywhere near as much as Nate Molinay does. Um, I probably should have. Like week one was like all of these like hot players, Tim Patrick, Elijah Mitchell. Ooh, spicy. And I didn't put enough money. I didn't get anybody. And then week two, it was like, oh, I don't want to put any money down on mm-hmm. any of these guys. Like, so I got fab. So in case there's a crazy injury, my stamina, my team stamina will be boosted by the fab that I haven't spent yet. But uh, outside of that, I haven't done a whole lot. I've been doing some, um, some remote control curls. Just trying to keep that up, keep that steady. Keep my there you go. Keep my uh, tinker stinker fingers strong. But other than that, not a whole lot going on over here. Yeah, I don't know if we've had like a James Robinson, Miles Gaskin, Justin Jefferson yet this year. I think it's been more of the good teams soaking up these players to keep them away from teams that really need someone to provide them a floor. I think it's been more of that. So you have your fab still. You're probably in a good spot. I would hold on to it, not spend 50% of it on a guy like KJ Osborne which we saw over in Taco Corp from Octavio. But I've done absolutely nothing to improve my stamina. I'm about one minute or two minutes slower in my mile run time. It's shameful, really. Just a damn shame. Not proud of myself, Matt. But enough about our shameful reality. Let's do some NFL news. We had some injuries in week two, if you were under a rock. I'll go through a few of these quickly. We'll talk about a couple of them. Tyrod Taylor pulled a hamstring. He's out multiple weeks. TJ Watt strained his groin, but has a shot to play this weekend. Two of his x-rays on his ribs were negative. Has a shot to play in week three, but not likely. Carson Wentz, your boy, sprained both of his ankles against the Rams. Thank you, Aaron Donald. His availability will be determined uh, later this weekend. Not looking good, though. Fire up your Jacob Eason, Brett Hundley shares. Don't do that. Jarvis Landry has a sprained MCL and was placed on the IR. This will be the first one uh, we talk about here. So are there any pass catchers in Cleveland that are worth looking at? Odell Beckham Jr. to the moon. (laughs) It's got to be, right? I mean, he's come. He probably could have played last week. They kept him out. He was 100 percent of practice Tuesday, so all signs are pointing to him playing. No Jarvis Landry. Uh, you gotta. I don't know. I guess you don't have to fool me once, fool me twice, fool me three times. <laughs> um, they're playing the Bears. They're favored by. You know, we'll get into that. But they're favored by a touchdown. So I. Yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. If, if not now, never really. I mean. <laughs> He might be yeah. on a snap count. That's unfortunate. But if it's not him, it's just going to be some combination of the 55 tight ends that they have. <laughs> that's just, it is what it is. 
that's what I was going to say. Beckham has the opportunity to get double digit targets if they want to use him that way. But I gave a slight bump to uh, Austin Hooper and David Njoku for this one. Uh, next is Deontay Johnson. He avoided long-term injury this weekend. His status for week three is TBD. Uh, Mike Tomlin said it could be worse, I think, is what he said. It's not great. I assume he's going to miss a week or two. And if that happens, which Steelers wide receiver benefits more? It all depends on who's doing the play calling. Because all the reports that I've heard this week are that Matt Canada only called like 20% of the plays on Sunday. And like, most of them were on the final drive where they did well. Like apparently Ben Roethlisberger is calling most of the plays at the line. And it's not been going well. So that doesn't warm the heart of anybody like at all if you're a Steelers fan or if you have any shares of that offense and fantasy. So I don't know. Assumingly, it would be Claypool, right? It's got to be Claypool is the guy. He's got to get targeted deep. They haven't been able to connect so much, but he's the young, fast guy. I mean, he's the guy. Juju's had that nice touchdown, but theoretically speaking, it should be Claypool. But we'll see. I have no faith for how that offense is going right now. If I had to put money on it, I'd give a slight bump to Juju, maybe a couple more throws. Uh, down the field to chase Claypool. But if you're in a PPR league, you know, those short intermediate throws to Juju are going to be worth a little bit more because Big Ben's actually going to connect on him. So uh, next up is the entire San Francisco backfield. They exited in week two at some point with an injury. Elijah Mitchell was able to get back on the field, but Sermon suffered a concussion and then Hasty has a high ankle sprain. So no Mostert, no Hasty. Sermon's not going to be 100%. And then Mitchell's banged up. He pushed through some injuries uh, of his own last week. No, they also signed a guy. They signed two dudes this week off of one off of like New England's practice squad, I think. And then just another guy off the street. But the guy they signed off the street was like 6'3", 230 pounds. That guy's going to run for 500 yards this week with four touchdowns. Just that's how it goes. By the end of the season, Jeff Wilson's going to be the number one rusher for the San Francisco 49ers. Mark my words. <laughs> uh, that running uh, back was uh, <laughs> Jacquez Patrick. Jacquez Patrick, that's yep. his name. Fun name. Yeah, he's uh, out of FSU. There he rushed for 1,800 yards and 17 touchdowns. Also played a season in the XFL where he rushed for 250 and two touchdowns at four and a half uh, per attempt in five games of action there. I don't watch the XFL, but that's okay. Um, San Fran usually has a good system, right? Tough situation there. San Fran needs to do something about their training program or maybe up the milk intake. I don't know. Don't play the Eagles in week two. <laughs> yeah, they'll wreck your backfield. All right, that's it for news and notes. Let's get into our NFL week three preview. As the Thursday night game is ongoing, as we record this, We'll go ahead and start here with Washington going to Buffalo. The Bills, they're an eight-point favorite in this matchup, and the line's at 46. What do you got? I have the Bills. It's Taylor Heineke. I know he won his first game last week against Giants on Thursday Night Football. I don't know if he's going to do that against a much stouter defense in Buffalo. I'm taking the Bills with the Bills. I don't think we need to overcomplicate this. The Bills balled out against the Dolphins last weekend, defense including. Defense had a couple scores. So, yeah, give me the Bills to win this one handily. Yeah, the football team has enough weapons on offense uh, to keep it close. So I'm not taking the points, but I'll take the Bills' money line all night. Uh, next up, Baltimore. They're going to Detroit to take on the Lions. The Ravens are nine-point road favorites with a 49.5-point line. This is Baltimore covering, right? It is. Baltimore impressed the shit out of me in that Chiefs game. That's We picked the Chiefs to win that game, and the Ravens have had a, had a struggle with the Chiefs ever since Lamar and Patrick Mahomes started. But, uh, yeah, they came out. They did what they had to do. They're fighting some injuries, but they should be able to cover this easily in Detroit, who's struggling with injuries of their own, and then again, it's the Detroit Lions. Give me the Ravens. Yeah, I'll take Baltimore in this matchup, but I think the Lions can cover. They covered against the 49ers, and if you watch the Green Bay-Detroit game, if not for that costly turnover uh, in the second half, Goff and friends probably would have covered against Green Bay as well. Goff is frisky. <laughs> he's not afraid to throw it down. He's got, some, he's got some chips on his shoulder, that's for sure. 
He probably follows your Twitter account and knows all the shit you've been talking about him. So he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ball out to give Nate fodder. It's a lot. It's a lot of shit <laughs> I've been talking. <laughs> Next up is Indy going to Tennessee. The Colts are five and a half point underdogs. That line is at 48. Who are you taking? I'm taking the Titans. I think they got mostly back on track against the Seahawks. So in the Colts, it's going to be, like you said, Jacob Eason, Brent Hundley, some combination or one of the other. I have no faith in that. Give me the Titans to cover. Wentz, again, questionable with not one, but two sprained ankles. If he doesn't play, this is the Titans easy. But even if he does, I don't like Indy's chances on the road with a hurt Wentz. So I'm taking the points if it's Eason, but money line if Wentz plays. Next up is the Chargers. They're taking on the Chiefs. The Chiefs get six and a half points at home. Big line at 55 and a half. Who do you like? Ooh, this is where this is where you'd want to get crazy. I'm not going to do it. I'll take the Chiefs, not the money line. Chargers struggled against the Cowboys. They lost that game, obviously. They also kind of struggled against the Washington football team. Not to say that they don't look good and Herbert put up some crazy numbers in week one, but they don't. They just look a little out of sync from what I've seen. And it's just, I think the Chiefs should beat this. I don't know if I'm taking the points, but I, I'm like really curious and would kind of think about doing it, but probably. But I will take the Chiefs one. And Nate's going to do it so you can live vicariously uh, through him this week on that bet. The Chiefs showed they can't stop much on defense, but they can make one or two game-changing plays. Justin Herbert isn't Lamar Jackson, so I don't think he offers that rushing element that the Chiefs are going to have to account for. I'm taking the over for sure, and I'm taking the Chiefs to win this game. Next up, we have the Bears going to Cleveland. The Browns are at home and are favored by a touchdown. That line's at 46. Who do you like? So Justin Fields should be starting. This week, which makes things interesting. Landry's down. Odell Beckham Jr. somewhat injured. There's there's a case to be made that the Bears could keep this close. Could be explosive enough to test them. They were kind of, you know, Cleveland struggled in week one. They've got their shit together. Although they were winning in week one, they kind of lost it there towards the end. Week two, they were struggling early. They were kind of close with Houston. Tyrod Taylor exits the game and then they dominate. I'm, there's a case to be made that Fields and company can do something. However, that defense should be a little too much for the young rookie to handle. And I'm, I'm taking Cleveland, but I will never bet Browns, <laughs> Browns taking points. So, but I do think the Browns will. That's how you get disappointed and lose money. This isn't how I saw Justin Fields making his debut. I think we were all looking at week four at home against the Lions for the rookie. Cleveland is going to give up a lot on the ground of field. So take that rushing over if it hasn't gone through the roof just yet. But again, I think ultimately the Browns are going to win this one at home. Next matchup, we have the Saints. They're going to New England. New England is favored by two and a half points and the line is low at 42. Just like Bill Belichick likes it. Who you got? No idea. (laughs) This is one of the hardest games for me to gauge because while the Saints destroyed the Packers, they looked terrible against Carolina a lot, like just abysmal against Carolina. Like I was watching Red Zone. I was like, man, I haven't seen one Saints play through three quarters of football because they were never in the Red Zone. There weren't any. So it's tough to say. On the other hand, the Patriots beat the Jets, but they they didn't beat them the way they should have. Like the Jets, they had four interceptions and couldn't put up that many. It's tough. I'm going to take the Saints. Because I, I do think the state's defense is going to... Mac Jones has struggled. He's played well enough for them to win one game, but I, he is not like impressed or balled out. They don't have a high ceiling with him at quarterback just yet. So I'm taking the Saints defense to kind of keep him in containment. And then also offensively, I think they'll do a little bit better. Who knows? Because Yeah, the Saints, they're dealing with their devils right now, apparently. They get the hurricane to start the season, pushing them to a road home game in week one. They get a week two game, stands eight assistant coaches due to a COVID outbreak. The Superdome was on fire two days ago, and now they have to travel to New England to face Bill Belichick. Despite all of that, I think Sean Payton gets his guys right, and they win this game. You know, this is a good team, and games like Carolina happen. I'm not out on the Saints uh, just just yet. Next game, Atlanta. They're going to New York. The Giants get a field goal at home. This line's at 47 and a half. 
One of these teams is going 0-3 to start 2021. Who's it going to be, Matt? Falcons are going to start 0-3. Giants are going to win this game. The Giants' defense has been frisky. Saquon Barkley is looking more Saquon Barkley-like every single day. And I know I trashed him beginning of the season just because I wasn't drafting him, not where he was going in the first round. But he's getting more touches. He's looking more explosive. Daniel Jones is the number one running quarterback in all of football right now, apparently. Like, he's done the most design runs. And I heard a, heard a quote about him where, what did they say? They said, he is not athletic enough to where you have to game plan for him as a runner, but he's just athletic enough to kill you on the ground. He's fast. <laughs> so it's, but I, I do think the Falcons are in disarray. Look, they scored quite a bit of points against the Buccaneers. I think the Buccaneers defense is going to be a little more suspect than we thought going the season. Also, that was on the shoulders of Cordero Patterson. I don't know that that's going to continue. <laughs> so yeah, give me, give me the giants to cover at home. Yeah. I think it will also be Arthur Smith and the Falcons starting. zero and three, I mean, hey, they found a new 30-year-old weapon who plays receiver and running back. But the Giants are one to two bad uh, Daniel Jones decisions away from winning most weeks. I think that's probably fair to say. Also, if they stay onside last week and Washington misses that first field goal, we're probably talking different about the G-men, right? Next game, we have the Bengals going to Pittsburgh. The Steelers are field goal favorites at home. That line's at 44. Who do you like? Steelers. Um, even even with Deontay Johnson maybe not playing, the Bengals... So they played a good week against the Vikings. They struggled against the Bears defense. I mean, they really struggled. I, every time I turn it on, Burrow was throwing interceptions just as bad as Mac Jones was. He threw three of them. Three in a row. Yeah, it was insane. And I know TJ Watt is questionable, but even that defense is just, they do a good job of confusing quarterbacks. They're going to do a good job of confusing Joe Burrow. I think that defensively, they should have their thumb on the Bengals. And offensively, I think they'll, they'll, they're not going to need to score a whole lot. So give me the Steelers. Yeah, it's Pittsburgh for me. But if the Bengals are able to go up early, I wouldn't be surprised if they won this game. Uh, we knew coming in, the Steelers would have trouble on the offensive line and the Big Ben's arm wasn't what it once was. So proceed with caution in this matchup if you're making wagers. Next matchup, we have the Cardinals going to Jacksonville. Arizona gets seven and a half on the road, and that line's at 51 and a half points. This has to be 0 and 3 for Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence, right? Yeah, I, well, he was quoted this week talking to uh, Vic Fangio, saying that every week in the NFL is like playing Alabama. Oof, you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe one of the funniest, and like, and it's clickbait, of course, but he said it, and it's just a picture of his face on the sidelines, like, oh. <laughs> Oh, it's like, no, nope, you don't get to play Purdue in the NFL. I'm sorry, bro. Yeah, no cupcake matches here. Give me the Cardinals. Seven and a half road favorites is tough. It's tough. But Kyler Murray and that team score points. They either score points on design touchdowns or Murray scrambles enough and DeAndre Hopkins gets fucking open, no problem. Ends up, so they they score points. Uh, give, give, give me all the points. Give me the Cardinals. There's no world in which the Jaguars should win, number one. Number two, I don't even think they'll cover. I, I really don't. It's the Cardinals for me as well, and I'd be surprised if they didn't cover. Next matchup, we have the Jets go into Denver. The Broncos are huge favorites at home in this one, getting 10.5 points. And then low line here at 41. Who do you got? It's a tough having that low of a line. Like they're expecting the Jets to score three points. Right? And then, <laughs> I have the Broncos. The Broncos have played sound football. Like they Offensively, they're where they need to be. Defensively, they're super stout. Zach Wilson might throw five interceptions this week. Like You hate to see it. It sucks. Because I'm not a Jets fan, but I want the Jets to be good. Just because I have a heart and uh, I donate money to UNICEF. So I, I want the Jets to be good at some point. But they're just, it is a train wreck, man. It's, that offensive line is just so bad. Yeah, there's some video going around on Twitter. It's like some kid breaking down like one of the plays for the Jets where Zach Wilson throws like his second or third interception. And like half of the offensive line is getting beat. 
one of the offensive linemen is engaged with another offensive lineman. There's like three receivers you can see, and none of them have separation. And then there's like a linebacker coming down one of the gaps who's about to crush Zach Wilson before he throws the pick. It's bad. It's bad, and I think that's just kind of a reflection of where that team's at right now. It's really funny. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. I've shared it. Through two quarters, I think he had he had three completions and four incompletions, and all four of those incompletions were exceptional. There's nothing ridiculous. <laughs> like, like the ball had never hit the ground once at every pass he threw. It was either caught by his guy twice and then it was intercepted three times that's right he was two for five with three picks that's right. new coaching regime new quarterback same jets love it you love to see it maybe Salah's like i'm focusing on the defense in 2021 that's what we're doing i'm gonna focus on this side of the ball we'll figure out the offense later on down the road maybe we're biting thighs we're doing something dan i like what dan campbell's doing i'm just gonna sort of mirror what he's trying to do back to this matchup it's denver for me i don't think uh, zach wilson will throw four picks but the broncos are gonna get one or two for sure next matchup dolphins going to las vegas the two and oh raiders which is still weird to say. They are three and a half point favorites at home. That line's at 45. Who are you taking in this one? The Raiders. I don't know if two is going to play. Not that I have no faith in Brissett. Not to say that I do, I don't. Uh, but he's a backup in Miami for a reason, presumably. So the Raiders look good. Derek Carr looks really good. Like, he's the number one quarterback, I think, in yards through two games. And he, it's not like he's played easy teams. Like, he's had two, he had the Steelers and the Ravens. And they balled out. This is their assumingly easiest matchup so far of the season. And they've been getting the job done. So give me the Raiders to keep rolling. I can't believe I said that. It's their easiest matchup. And naturally, it's going to be the one they lose. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Tua is playing. But even if he does, the Raiders are coming off wins against, again, two playoff teams from last year. They look solid. John Gruden, maybe he knows what he's doing. I, I don't know. We always question it. They gave the dude a 10-year contract. Since he's been in charge, off like play calling-wise, like coaching, actual on-the-field decision-making coaching he has done a very good job it's the personnel decisions that make you scratch your head and but if he can get the personnel to do what he needs him to do on the field i guess it's a mute point um so we'll see what happens but yeah he's uh they're having a good start to the year that's for damn sure absolutely next matchup tampa bay they're going to la they're going to inglewood they're playing the rams the bucks started the week as underdogs but we pushed that as degenerates and now tom brady and friends are one and a half point road favorites the line there is at 55 and a half who are you taking? How about you take the take the lead on this one, resident Rams fan? I got a lot here. Uh, so far, McVay and Morris have been content with giving up short yardage plays on defense, just kind of sitting back, waiting for the offense to make a mistake. It's, it's all the new rage in the NFL, right? Let their guys make plays on defense. They've got Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, who they've used all over the field. So it's been a great formula, but... You know, we have a goat coming to town. Tom Brady's going to eat that alive. And when they start dropping a safety or bringing pressure, he's going to go deep, right? We saw it with Green Bay last week against Detroit. As soon as that safety came down, he started picking them apart. So way too many guys who can beat man on the Tampa Bay side at receiver, tight end. I'll take Tampa. And I've already hedged this by taking the Bucks as the dog. So if they win, I make a little coin. And if they lose, well, then my Rams are going to win. I like it. I like it. It's the Rams for me in this game. Oh. Yeah, spicy content here on the 58 Whisking Podcast. The Buccaneers were in a shootout with Dallas. They were in a shootout with Atlanta for some of that game. The Rams just, I really think there's some questions to be had about Tampa Bay's defense. I think they're a little too injured, a little too thin. I think Matthew Stafford and company can keep up with the Bucs on the board, and I think they might end up winning this game. Um, some crazy Hail Mary pass in the fourth quarter. So give me the Rams. Give me the over. I love the over on this one. Absolutely. Next game, Seattle Seahawks. They're going to Minnesota, taking on the Vikings. The 0-2 Vikings are one-and-a-half-point dogs at home. The line here is also 55-and-a-half points. Who are you taking? This is tough. 
I'm taking the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks, they just lost in week two. It was a tough game, but I don't know if they think about Minnesota. They, they had a they had a close loss to the Cardinals. They had a very close loss to the Bengals. I think they're going to have another close loss at home to the Seahawks. Like, it's going to be within a field goal. So, but I'm, I'm taking the Seahawks. I just feel like that offense has been clicking. That the Shane Waldron offense, Russ has been cooking. Tyler Lockett has been just obliterating defenses. And there's nobody on yep. the Vikings going to be able to stop them. So, yeah, give me the Seahawks to handle this, handle this game. Lines makers see a shootout coming, and that's what I see. And in a shootout, I'm giving the edge to Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. As we've seen over the years and this season so far, again, those guys can score at will. Give me Seattle. Give me the over. Next game, that's the Sunday night game. We have Green Bay going to San Francisco. The Niners are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home, and our line is 50-and-a-half. What do you got? Packers. I have the Packers. Let's all be fooled by week one losing to the Saints, and let's drive this line down as low as it possibly can be. Bet the Packers all day. Nothing wrong against 49ers, but I watched most of that Eagles 49ers game. And the Eagles should have scored. They were in the red zone, I don't know, five times, and they came away with three points. Like, that is just bad. They had bad penalties, bad play calling, bad execution. That is not going to happen with an Aaron Rodgers-led offense. And the Niners struggled to score points against the Eagles. They did in two drives in the fourth quarter. Good for them. But I, I see that the Packers win this hand. Yeah, I'm taking the underdogs in this one as well. The Lions showed some holes in this 49ers defense in week one. And they just can't stay healthy. We saw it last year. We're seeing it again this year. Running backs are dropping like flies. They lost Jason Verrett for the year. Kinlaw, Norman, and Armstead are all day-to-day, banged up early this season. And then Shanahan's having some disciplinary issues or something uh, with guys like Brandon Ayuk and Trey Sermon, and that's definitely hurting the team. So just get your weapons on the field. But Rodgers has had issues with the 49ers in the past, but I believe that week one blowout you mentioned to New Orleans has this Green Bay team more awake than they'd normally be at this point in the season. So definitely with you on this one. Our last game is the Monday night game. Your Eagles, they travel to Dallas. The Cowboys are favored here by three and a half points. That line's at 52. Who are you taking? Taking Dallas Cowboys will most likely win this game. While I do believe in our defense, I don't believe in our defense drive after drive after drive after drive. That steady onslaught of a, you know that never-ending wave that is Dak Prescott, his receivers in that run game, is going to be a tall tale for the Eagles to hold back all game long. Unless Hurts and company come out swinging and going big, I, I don't think that the Eagles are built to win a shootout. I think the Eagles were built to run the clock out, do a lot of design runs for the quarterback, and keep games small and keep keep scores down and win those close games. We blew out the Falcons week one. I kind of throw that out of the water. I, I think the Falcons were just completely off culture. So I think the Cowboys will win this game because we are not built for a shootout, just how Hurts has been playing. Not that he's been playing bad, but he's, the offense has been uber conservative, real low depth of target, real gadget stuff. And yeah, it's not going to get it done on Monday night. Dallas. Yeah, I was surprised last week seeing the Cowboys' defensive turnaround in Dan Quinn's first year. It's even more impressive because they were without Gregory and without Lawrence. So I don't know if you were watching, but Micah Parsons stepped up. And you have to give Kellen Moore some credit as well. They're doing what they have to do to win football games. In week one, they abandoned the run completely, knowing Tampa's front is ridiculously good. And they almost won that game. And then in week two, they went run first, pass second. And the offense did enough to help them win that game. So they've got buy-in on both sides of the ball. And I like them at home against Philly. All right, that's it for our NFL preview. Nice work there, Matt. Before we get into our home league, week three matchups preview, let's hear from another 58 West King manager. Josh, welcome back to the show. We were able to coordinate a little gathering here at a local pub in Colorado. It's packed. 
people are drinking. I think I heard some singing earlier. Folks are having a good time. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. It's good to hear from you again. It's definitely been a while. So the first thing I'd like to discuss is something that's transcended fantasy football and made its way to social media. That's your rivalry with Nate, a.k.a. the Vinegar Strokes. So what are your thoughts on this? Well, it kind of started out of jealousy because Matt was felt like I was being replaced. But then I realized, like, Matt doesn't have the best taste. He likes children and men. So, like, I guess I'm not too worried about it. I don't know. He does. We've given him shit for that for a long time. <laughs> nah, Nate's really good at talking shit. And the problem is, is he's so good at it. Usually I'm quick with a comeback, but with him, I uh, either freeze up and go too soft or I go way, way too hard. <laughs> You've gone very hard. Very That pendulum has swung way too far to that side several times. So how many Twitter accounts do you have and how many did you use to block him? <laughs> I have one Twitter account and I blocked him on one. I have since unblocked him. And in fairness, I also blocked you and unblocked you. I get really sensitive about Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. <laughs> this is a love-hate relationship. But as the commissioner, as the host, I have been gifted with certain powers. One of those powers is the ability to hit the reset button. And that's what I'm doing here. You're both on a blank slate, you and Nate, in terms <laughs> of your thoughts or views to one another starting right now. Right now. So <laughs> what's your first move? What's your first comment to the vinegar strokes? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know if it's a rivalry. I, I swept him last year. Like does a lawnmower have a rivalry with grass? I don't think so. Does like a lion care about an ant? That's kind of where I'm at with it. Okay. That makes sense. All right. And uh, you are hands down the most diehard Cowboys fan in our league. I think anyone who's been blocked by you can attest to that. So if you don't <laughs> mind, let's talk some of these Cowboys futures bets. First one I have is the Super Bowl odds. Dallas is plus 3,500 to win it all. If you're not familiar with sports gambling, you bet $100, you get $3,500 if it wins. So what are your thoughts on that one? Well, I'm biased, but if I'm trying to be unbiased, I think they could be a dark horse. I think the defense has been better than expected, but it's also two weeks in, which is essentially still preseason anymore. You guys lost Gregory and Lawrence in week two, and Micah Parsons filled in in that role a little bit, and you guys look phenomenal against what we all assumed was a very good Chargers offense. So about that Micah Parsons, he had eight pressures and a sack, which was the most by a rookie playing defense, like their first game at defensive end since Nick Bosa. So hmm. Nick Bosa would have been, I don't know what week he did it, but essentially it's like a rookie's first playing. And it's not really common that a guy plays linebacker than defensive end. Like Micah Parsons special. Cause he also in his first week, I forget the actual stat, but basically the way it tracks is close quarter throws, meaning like a line was the defender, how close they were. And he was like third in the league for linebackers. So for him to do a stat like that, at linebacker in the next week at defensive end. It makes me pretty excited for what the defense could be. It was impressive. Week one and then week two, for sure, definitely helped the Cowboys pull off that win. Next one I have, moving into some player odds, MVP. So Dak is plus 1,400 to win that. You like it? Yeah, I mean, he's going to put up numbers. Um, the only thing I think can hurt it, so you saw against the Chargers, they went with a run-heavy game plan. And it seems like this team, which actually excites me compared to the past, is going to really be like week by week opponent game planning, mm -hmm. which sounds crazy, but it used to be under Jason Garrett. They were like, we'll just do what we do. And mm -hmm. 
you can beat us. And then like half the time they got beat. So, yeah, I don't want to do this, but you got to give credit to Mike McCarthy. He has buy-in from Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn, right? Like they're kind of tailoring their game plans to help the team win and not just try and score 40 points and just do whatever on defense. So yeah, it's crazy thinking about what an opponent does and seeing like how you can exploit that. Like it's a new strategy. We'll see if it pays off. Yeah. So far so good. You guys almost got the W in week one as well. Uh, next one is defensive rookie of the year. We already mentioned Micah Parsons. He's plus 600. That seems like a pretty good one at this point, right? Yeah. I mean, I think he's going to be used in a way that he's going to get an opportunity to kind of, He'll get his tackles. He'll get sacks. Like I think he played the ball really well in camp, so I think he's got a really good shot at it, especially having the star on the helmet, fair or not, is going to put him in the spotlight that much more. He's two for two so far, so like what you see there. Uh, next one I have is comeback player of the year. These odds were much better before the season started. They're down to plus 125. I mean, that's that's a pretty easy one, right? Yeah, I, I don't see how he doesn't get it as long as he just – stays healthy all here and actually comes back for the whole year uh last one coach of the year plus 3500 for mike mccarthy dallas was six and ten last year obviously missed the playoffs so i think 10 11 wins is in the cards and if they do that i think he's in the discussion so 3500 i mean i actually don't think he even has that chance i think if they win kellen moore's gonna get the credit i think people kind of look at mike mccarthy almost like they looked at barry switzer and the cowboys kind of won in spite of him. That was Jimmy's team still. Yeah. There's things I like from McCarthy, but I do think like the clock management and some of the same stuff that he's having struggles with still show up. So I don't know if he's going to get the credit as much as Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore are. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Mike McCarthy. I just see those numbers and I kind of raise an eyebrow at him when I see him. So moving right along, imagine for a moment that you've come upon a time machine you get one shot to travel back in time to see the 18-year-old version of yourself. What's the one thing you're telling 18-year-old Josh Callis? Stop getting fired, asshole. <laughs> I think even by then I had like 10 different jobs. I mean, quantity over quality. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was definitely quantity over quality. I just tried to collect all the jobs. You got us some really, really good discounts on some sweet t-shirts, though. I will say that. Yeah. We literally all had the same shirts and shorts when we went to Arizona. <laughs> for several years, that lasted, yeah. for sure. I tried coming up with something geared towards like being a better person, something that would help me like avoid making a lot of dumb mistakes in my 20s. But I kept ending up on investing in Apple, Tesla, Google, other powerhouse stocks like when they cost pennies on the dollar. Oh, that would have been good. I don't know. But... I'm a greedy person, apparently. <laughs> no, you're good. That <laughs> might have made a big difference to like try and keep a job for a while. You got any final thoughts here before I before I close this up? Um, hey, what's happening in about 30 days? Oh, yeah. I'm getting married. I mean, I am married, but that'll be our big, like, official wedding. So I'm excited for that. Kind of nervous, too. Congratulations. Sorry I couldn't make it. No, I understand, man. One of these years I'm going to win. I think this could be the year. I went with a uh, – I mean, I did it at the last minute, but I went with an actual strategy of trying the no running back thing. And I think uh, despite – only scoring 67 points. I think that's going to be an anomaly as opposed to the standard there. Who are your running backs right now? Do you know? <laughs> Miles Sanders and Damian Harris. Uh, it could be worse. Like I literally, I think I have Justin Jackson is the only other option there. So I'm just going to punt on their bye weeks more than likely. I assume you're strong at wide receiver though. Yeah. I mean, I've got, I've got Devontae Adams, Dig. Uh, Mari Cooper and Debo Samuel holding it down. Okay. Yeah, you had a couple floor performances from those guys in week two, so it happens. It happens. You'll bounce back. All right, before I let you go, 
you got to answer to that intro music. Are you a huge fan of uh, Macho Man? Was that your guy in the 90s, 2000s? Actually, it was the Ultimate Warrior. Oh, okay. Would have been the guy. I like that. I was a Hollywood Hulk Hogan guy. So I stopped watching around that time. So like, I was really, really oh. into wrestling as a kid. And then I want to say when Degeneration X and all that came around is like kind of when I fell off. That's when it got good. I know. I know. WCW and WWE. It got really good. You missed out, man. I know. The NWO, all of that. Like, I kind of went in and out, but I was, like, really into it as a kid. Like, I had Ultimate Warrior, like, wrestling pillow thing. Like, all the little action figures. I did have a Macho Man one. Like, Big Boss Man, Hulk Hogan, all that. You don't have to get into what you did to the Ultimate Warrior <laughs> pillow. Oh, this, is a, this, this is a family show. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, buddy. Uh, on that note, I'll let you get back to work. Thanks for taking some time with us today, man. I appreciate yep. it. No worries, man. All right, Josh. We love you. Love you guys. Congratulations again, buddy. The rivalry continues. You love to see it. Let's go ahead and move on now to our home league matchups preview for week three. Go ahead and hit the exits if you're just here for the NFL content. In our first matchup, we have taking on Boner Jams 03. Matt, you're 11 and 4 lifetime versus Eric. Who you got in this one? I don't know. I got myself. I'm taking myself. Yourself? Had a good week one, had a rough week two. Bouncing back in week three. Like some of the matchups my team has. Yeah, going Bummer Jams 03. I like your team, and I think you'll continue your dominance over Smoothie this week. Sure, he has Patrick Mahomes. He has Tyreek Hill. But he's also got Cole Komet starting. He's got Mitchell. He had Marquez Callaway's plugged in there. And I just don't think his ceiling is high enough on those guys to contend with what you're fielding this week. So give me the Boner Jams 03. Next matchup, Dak, 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 Dak it up. He's taking on GNT, the gin and tonics. That's Trey's team. Josh is one and two lifetime against Trey. Who are you going with in this matchup? Josh is favored by a healthy 10 points, almost 10 points in this game. I think Dak Prescott, he's got a lot of question marks on his team, but I, eventually I do think that Sanders, Harris, Cooper are all going to play. Um, that Prescott, Cooper stack against the Philadelphia Eagles has been, there's always money in that stack, and there has been for years. Um, so, yeah, uh, give me Dak, Dak it up to, to take out to take out the GNTs this week. Yeah, Josh, he's stacked at receiver. He's got Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Amari Cooper, and Debo Samuel, who didn't come out of nowhere, but he's putting up monster numbers this year. I think he's top five uh, so far in 2021. It's going to be a push at running back and quarterback for these guys. Well, Trey probably has the edge at tight end, but I like Josh to even the series to two games apiece. Next up, we have the Inglorious Baz Turds taking on Tinker Stinkers, Jason is 3-2 and two lifetime against Wayne. Who do you got in this one? Tinker Stinkers. They steamrolled me in week two, and he is just, yeah, he's got he's got Hopkins, he's got Cup, although I would like to see the Woods resurgence. I don't know. There's all this talk about Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford coming to practices early, going to get sushi every night together, watching porn together. It's crazy. I don't know. I don't know what to think. I hate it. Every time I'm watching the Rams broadcast, all I hear is Robert Woods is not connected with Matthew Stafford, and my Bobby Tree stock is through the fucking floor. So, yay. Do you have a source on that last one that they're doing together? Huh? A source on that last Sushi? one? Sushi? Uh, no, the other one. Go to practices early. The, the porn. What did you say? <laughs> I don't need a source on whether or not they're doing it. I just I'm interested in what they're watching for science, obviously. They're just watching themselves complete fucking 40 yard touchdown passes. <laughs> and they're like, oh my God, look at that, Cooper. Oh, you're right, Matt. That was so good. That's what they're doing. Jason likely just lost Antonio Brown to a COVID designation, but 
even before that, Wayne has an edge at the majority of their positional matchups. You know, DeAndre Hopkins, Cooper Cup, Travis Kelsey, Adam Thielen, who he's flexing, which is great. But I just got Wayne in this matchup. I think he's going to take Jason and even that series three games apiece. Next matchup, Meaty Clackers. He's taking on the Peeping Tomlinson. These guys are two and two lifetime. Who you got, Brandon? Or you got Julian? It's a tight one, man. It's a tight one. It's a tight one. I'm taking Julian because uh, I'm worried about his dating life and I want him to take a W here. I just want to say for the record, just so everyone knows, that if you've seen the movie Up, you'll understand this, but the wilderness must be explored. Don't be afraid of the bush, Julian. Embrace it. Embrace it. Okay? So that's all I'm going to say on that. Um, I'm taking Julian to win this week. I like his team. I like Brady. I like Robinson to have a, have a good week against Cleveland with Justin Fields at the helm. I think they're going to be on the same page. I'm hoping they do. <laughs> Maybe I'm just trying to wish into existence. And I like Saquon Barkley, even though he's questionable, of course, to continue his build towards that RB1. This is the battle of 0-2s. I actually think these guys are going to tie, and they're both going to remain winless. 0-2-1s for the media clackers. <laughs> uh, if All I, right. If I have to pick one, I got Julian. I'm with you. I think this is Barkley's coming out game. I think he's going to continue to trend upwards. Our next to last matchup is Otterjob taking on the Vinegar Strokes. Albert is two and five lifetime against Nate. Who do you got in this matchup? Vinegar Strokes. Love Nate. Vinegar Strokes are going to win this one. Lamar Jackson's balling out of control. He's going up against Detroit. He has a questionable tag. He'll play. And he's going to throw up for a 40 burger on Detroit. <laughs> and then Chris McCaffrey is going against Houston tonight. So come on. I mean, those could be the two us highest scoring players in fantasy this week. I got to take this team. Yeah, the Yahoo line is five points, uh, Nate's way, but both of these guys have players with high floors and ceilings, so I'm taking the over and points scored, but I'm taking Nate and I'm taking Albert to cover the spread, so not a blowout. It's going to be a close matchup. When you said you're taking Nate to win this one, it looked very painful, like just what was going on with your face. I can't let whatever's happened in Taco Court bleed into 58 Whiskey podcast. I haven't faced him yet in 58 Whiskey. He hasn't talked shit about my 58 Whiskey team, so you know what? Nate, to the moon. To the moon! <laughs> I like that. You're building in some positive karma. Is that what that is? Sure. I'm 0-2 in Taco Court. I am not, definitely not uh, playing the way a guy who posted a video should. <laughs> Just let's put it that way. Not backing up anything I said. Yeah, it's fun. Everyone's having fun. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. All right. And in our main event, the banana stand. I'm taking on Just Here No Fine. Alan has been my Achilles heel in this league. I'm 2-10 against him lifetime. Matt, who do you like here? And are there any other Greek mythology figures you'd like to discuss? So, we all know Achilles, we all know both of these. Those are very important characters. I want to talk to Alan about a very important Greek mythology character. And it's, get the injured guys out of your lineup. I want to take your team to beat Tony. Get Landry out of there, please. For the love of God, get Landry off your I, I want to, because I know that you put yourself as the main event every single week, so I want to pick against you every single week. But uh, I had the banana stand winning this one. I think Gibson bounces back. I think Eckler continues to do what Eckler's been doing. And I think Robert Woods is going to break in on that porn session that uh, <laughs> the Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford are hosting and get himself in the end zone. So You say porn or film? It sounded like you said porn. What did you say? So Alan has had my number, but that's in the past. 2021 is a new year, and a lot of people think because it's fall and the leaves are changing colors that it's pumpkin season. It's not. It's banana season, and I'm taking this matchup. Deal with it, Alan. There's always money in the banana stand. No touching. No touching. No. All right. 
That's all we got. Matt, you got any final thoughts? Let's pray to the gods of football gods. The week three was more kind to me than week two was. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you guys on the recap next week. Good luck this weekend. Go Rams. Love you. Bye. Space is the place. And the sky is the limit for the Macho Man Randy Savage. And if I can reach up in the air and grab a passing star and hold it in my hand and have that power for those seconds, yeah, for those seconds, let it be, yeah. I'd rather die of exhaustion than of starvation, yeah. You caught that, didn't I, you? I it caught didn't it. go by you, no, did it, me, Jane I, I caught it the yeah. first time. Different wavelengths, let it be. <laughs>